It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And you can always listen to us online on WROLradio.com, or you can find us on TuneIn Radio. You kind of have to play around with that a little bit. If you're on the Internet, uh, you have an app for it. Uh, It's uh, TuneIn Radio. You can either find the WROL app, or there's actually a Car Doctor Radio app. And if you click on that, you'll either get the live stream, or you'll get some pre-recorded, past-recorded programming. So you can find it there. If you're an Apple user or anybody else that uses iTunes, you can find us on iTunes. It's the same thing, Car Doctor Radio. They're all, there's about 50 episodes uh, recorded somewhere, somewhere in cyberspace. And, of course, my podcast site, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com, where you, our listeners, have made me the number one automotive radio program on the Potomatic site, or Marita has one or the other. I don't one one of the other. Uh, we are we are the number one automotive uh, podcast. And the last I looked, we were actually like two hundred and twenty fifth overall, which for the tens of thousands of podcasts and especially music podcasts and political podcasts and things like that I thought was actually pretty good uh, so thank you for uh, listening and these are listeners all around the world uh, we have we have twice as many people that download the car doctor radio podcast in the UK that we do in the United States twice as many and then we have a few that get downloaded every week in countries I can't even pronounce the names. So all I can imagine is they're hacking, uh, I don't know, my Internet account or something. So, um, Although it was funny, I mentioned it to somebody that the radio show is downloaded all over the world. And they said to me, oh, do you think someone's downloading it and playing it on their own radio station? And I thought that, I hadn't even thought about that, but... Uh, I don't know. As long as we get credit for it, I don't care. So if WROL gets credit for being played in Zimbabwe, which is where it gets there, I have I have one or two listeners who download in in Zimbabwe, in the Middle East, in China. So who knows? Who knows? Remember, coming up on July twelfth is the big Bay State Antique Auto Club car show at the Endicott Estate. It's a $5 donation to get in. And remember, there's a free shuttle. And it's uh, Sunday, September 13th. Is there also Vintage Era Show? So their big show, the one that's July 12th, is just coming up in uh, two weeks. So go go check that one out. And it's only a $5 donation. And there's all kinds of stuff that goes on there. And it... uh, There's... Endicott Mansion Tours throughout the show hours. That's hosted by the Friends of the Endicott Estate. There's breakfast and lunch. Uh, you can uh, 
bring your car there. There's no there's no parking provided within the grounds of the estate, but you do park right down the street, and you can easily take a school bus. When was the last time you were on a school bus? You, you can take a school bus up to the Endicott Estate, or you can walk. It's about a five-minute walk, so it's pretty easy to do. Last week, I had the opportunity to road test the Kia Soul. Now, the Kia Soul is a little station wagon-looking Kia. No hamsters in it, at least this one. But this was an electric Soul, and so it was uh, fully electric. It wasn't a hybrid. It wasn't uh, had no gasoline engine component. It was an electric Soul. It used a rather unique charging system that was a combination of a couple things. It could charge on 110 volts. It could charge on 240 volts. It could charge on DC voltage. So driving it, if it was fully discharged, it would take, uh, it said 24 hours to fully recharge it. So from zero to 100%, it would take 24 hours. I never brought it completely down to zero. It had a 103-mile range every time I recharged it. I brought it down to about 8 or 10 miles. It took about 16 hours to recharge. On 240 volts, so most of the chargers you see in front of restaurants and drugstores and parking lots and things like that, those chargers can recharge it fully in 4 to 6 hours. And the DC chargers, the ones that Tesla uses that have it there, Tesla charging spots, those charges can recharge the battery to about 70% in about 20 minutes. Here's the unique thing about the Kia Soul. Well, unique to me. I commute roughly 100 miles round trip back and forth to work. It has a 103-mile range. So I thought I could drive to work, and we have a charging station. I could plug it in and recharge. Well, you needed to have a special type of card to use it, which I didn't have. So then I'm a little worried. Well, I used up 46 miles worth of range to get there, which only left me about 50 miles to return on a what's usually about a 48-mile trip. So I experienced what range anxiety is, where you're like, uh-oh, I'm going to run out of electricity and... It's not like there's a gas station everywhere. There's not an electric charging station everywhere. So I drove carefully, still at the speed limit or, you know, whatever the flow of traffic was coming home, and got home and still had five or six miles to go because if you drive, if you drive with your foot to the floor all the time, you're going to use up more electricity than you do if you just kind of drive the speed limit and kind of coast every once in a while. That helps recharge the battery. But I made it all the way home. Then I plugged it in. I couldn't take it the next day because to fully recharge, I would have had to leave for work at noontime. So that didn't work. So I took my own car the next day. Then the car was fully recharged, took it the third day. The third day, I was still a little nervous about coming back because I still didn't recharge at work and came back. By the fourth time I took it, I had to do the same thing, let it recharge at home for a full day. By the fourth time I took it, I got pretty comfortable knowing that when I got home, I would still have seven or eight miles of range left in it. And there was actually a couple of recharging stations sort of on the way that I could have swung in and got a 
quick charge at, there's a Nissan dealer, so they have a recharging station for their Leafs. There was probably three or four recharging stations that I could have pulled off the highway, but depending on how fast they recharged, depends how long I was going to wait. But functionally, for someone who drives 10 or 12 miles a day, it was actually a pretty functional car. It had, it had a comfortable back seat, a little storage area because it's a little wagon, handled pretty well, obviously very quiet, rode nicely. They're not giving them away at $35,000, but you do get a $7,500 tax incentive. So if you're going to buy it, it becomes a little bit more affordable. And never make a trip to the gas station. And if, you, and if you're somebody who's fortunate enough to have a garage and you put your own charging station in, now all of a sudden you just pull in at the end of the night, plug it in, which takes a second to plug it in. And then in the morning you unplug it, hang up your charging cable, and drive away. So pretty... Pretty good car, although better if there was quick charges everywhere or more uh, businesses had them there, shopping malls, things like that. That would make a lot of sense. But um, it, it, was a, it was an interesting electric car experience. I've driven a lot of electric cars in the past. This is the first one I've ever driven back and forth to work before. And uh, it was an interesting, it was interesting. And by day three, it was actually pretty comfortable to do. Would I take any other extra trips once I got to work, not knowing I had to drive about 50 miles coming home? Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. No guests today except for callers, so like Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hey, John. Thank you. Okay, my question is I'm a, an old guy, and I've always had minivans. I really like them. I think they're great practical. And it's, Dodge is the only one that American made, correct? Yes. What do you think about that Dodge? I have not owned a Dodge in years. I'm, something I'm thinking down the road a year, you know, maybe. What do you think of that Dodge? I'm not familiar with the drivetrains, the engines anymore. Yeah, I, you know, it's um, uh, the the ones they had. The ones the last couple of years, they're a little they're a little bit on the iffy side. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a fair amount of, um, well, fair amount of a lot of problems actually, and then they. Um, there was some thought that the the next Chrysler minivan would actually be a Fiat. Hmm. Right. And because they actually have, Fiat actually has a small uh, minivan that is, uh, uh, that you can, that you can buy. It's, uh, uh, they have, Dodge has, a Ram has that big kind of van that looks like it's uh, sort of the size of a Dodge Sprinter, the, the commercial-looking. Right. Yeah, then they also have a smaller version of that. But it's a, it's, a, it's a Fiat. Now they're saying that Chrysler is, in fact, going to make, make the next uh, minivan when it comes out. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, you know like how me. good it's going to be. Um, right. It's not it like has, me, this skepticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I want That's what I'm yeah. curious about. And, yeah. you're, and you're right. As far as minivans go these days, mm -hmm. what, was nice about the, what was nice about the Dodge minivan was you could right. get it pretty plain inside and make it real functional. Yeah, see, that's yeah. exactly what I yeah. want. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not carrying around five kids. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I like the way they, I can throw things in the bag. I can put plywood, like, you know what I mean? Yep, and, uh, yep. No, and well, the other ones are just so done up and so high-end. Like, well, wow. and, that's, and that's what they tried, they really tried to make them that way on purpose, that they would appeal to, you know, they wouldn't be, 
Right. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't be the typical mommy van, but yet they wanted to make them as comfortable as a limousine inside. And like right. you said, that's not necessarily what you're looking for. And right. I'm just looking for a good engine, good, you know, yeah. good, uh, and I just do not, uh, yeah. you know, in the past, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll let you know back in, I think it was 19, I don't know, it was 87 maybe or something, I mm -hmm. bought a used uh uh, Chrysler minivan, Dodge minivan, Dodge caravan. It was a short wheelbase one, so oh, yeah. it only had seating for five. I used it for all kinds of stuff. You could, you're right. You could put, you could put a sheet of plywood in the back of it. You could put yeah. a couch in the back of it. You you could put fence posts in the back. You could you could use it as as a pickup truck. And there wasn't the way it was set up inside. It was pretty easy to clean up afterwards too. Where. Yeah. Uh, somebody I was talking to just recently bought a Toyota Sienna van, which is a really nice van, and it's probably and it's the only all-wheel drive van on the market right now. But that thing has more nooks and crannies that are going to be, you right. know, they're going to be all kinds of problems. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah, and, from, and even and even if you said, well, I know I'm going to go out and buy the uh, little Ford van, the Transit Connect. Um, yeah, that that's uh, it was made in Turkey. I don't know where it's made now. Eventually, mm -hmm. it's going to end up being made in the United States. That's actually that's a little four-cylinder powered van. It's 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 small, but it's actually pretty functional little van inside. But that one's a little goofy because but they're they, more utilitarian. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're more it's, for flowers to deliver flowers and yeah. yeah. A minivan is just and it drives like a car. I mean, for the yeah. most part. I don't know. I think it's one of the best vehicles. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's uh, one of my coworkers just wrote wrote a story about a minivan because he's a uh, he's a new dad. He's got a, I think a one year old now, and his <laughs> wife. The last thing she wanted to do was drive a minivan. Then they actually started looking at him, and he's also a, a new homeowner. And he's like, "This thing would be great." Yeah, if he got yep. forty thousand dollars. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the problem. That's kind of what's keeping him away from it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That uh, engine there, that Craig uh, Dodge uh, three point, what three point six Penstar. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's been when it first came out, it had a few problems because they used it in everything. They used it in the Jeep. They used it, in the, and now it's been, it's pretty much been straightened out. So, you know, I don't I don't know what the newest ones. You know, maybe in a year or so when when they're when they're actually out. And I I had an article somewhere, and I'll I'll find it before the end of the show about the new Chrysler minivan and, you know, who's going to build it and all of that. But I believe Chrysler is going to build the next generation minivan they're going to sell. So, so, so. Just, uh, um, not to, just, just to simplify this, this straight, so, so what's, the, the, what's really wrong with major things like right now with one, if you were to buy a 2014 or 15, is it just a lot of just things, you know, it's just not right or is there No, it's not, yeah, it's nothing in particular. They just, they've had some, they've had some like, uh, like weird, weird just like quality issues with it. Nothing you can really say is bad with it. You know, the engine, the, the engine has been, it's been okay. Um, yeah. But it's been, it, they've just, you talk to people, they're like, well, you know, I've been I've been back for service a fair amount of times. Now, if looking at um, you know looking at like technical service bulletins and things right. like that, I mean, I guess there's no more with this than there is with any. But it's funny they they do things like 
with you know because they all have fancy you know they have navigation systems in them and fancy radios in them. Right. Uh, all of those they've been having problems with. Okay. Some of the uh, little switches that run the the windows, the little quarter windows in the back. Some of those switches have been bad. Yeah. They've had. Uh, you know, they, they haven't had any problems with the engine. But not like in the old days when somebody says, oh, you've got that uh, Dodge pickup. Well, your transmission is going to be yeah. so good at no, 75,000. No, and even the same thing. That was the same thing with the early Dodge minivans, the ones from, the ones from you know, 90 to 95. Right. That you would have one of those vans, and, uh, you know, pretty much if you had the four-speed automatic transmission, you knew that at 100,000 miles the transmission was going to go bad. Right. And yeah. the ones before that... That had the uh, the the more basic vans that had the Mitsubishi engine. Everybody said, "Oh, you know, the Mitsubishi engine is the way to go. Don't buy that other little. Uh, don't buy the other one with the other four cylinder engine." Well, come to find out, the Mitsubishi engine was good till about seventy thousand miles, and it came apart. Right. So yeah. they haven't had those kind of problems yet. The problems are it's just all these little things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's kind of what I. I was hoping anyways, better yep. than the old days. Okay. okay. Thank you, John. All right. Take, bye -bye. take care, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye. Over to line two. I just talked about this, but our buddy John from Bay State on line two. John. Hi there. Hi there. I'm sorry. I tuned in a little late. That's, all, that's all right. It's always, it's always good to hear your voice. How are you feeling these days? Uh, much better, thank yep. you. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yep. I have to get yep. ready for showtime. Yeah. You, uh, you, <laughs> you up taking solid nourishment and all that? Uh, pretty much so. Unfortunately, it's too much nourishment. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just mentioned the show coming up, but uh, but uh, fill us in. Fill us in uh, about the show coming up on the uh uh, July 12th. July 12th, so a week from uh, next Sunday. Yeah, at the end of Carter State yep. on East Street. And, uh, of course, we're expecting the huge mob as usual. We usually get about 800 to 1,000 cars, and we have 35 classes of judging with three trophies each class, uh, plus a few other extras. So if you have a decent car, you have a good chance of winning something. There you go. And, uh, and that, and what I always try to tell people is, if you're thinking about getting into the old car hobby, no better way to go walk around a show and learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> That's well put. Plus, we have a 200 car or so, uh, uh, a car corral, yeah. too, with lots of over, under, and medium priced yeah. cars. Yeah. I, I just remember I was walking around with somebody once, and they were interested in, I think they were interested in a, a mid 50s Ford. And I said to them, go over and talk to the guys with the, with the, uh, you know, 56, 57, 58 Fords over there and find out what you should look for when you go out shopping for one. That's and, very good advice. And, and that, you know, they're like, you know, look for this, look for that. You know, don't, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something with an automatic transmission, look, you know, look for this. And, you know, there was a lot of little things you could learn that, um, that helped. And the other thing I always found out was as much as everybody wants to start off with a box full of parts and have a car when you're done, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's always a lot cheaper to try to find it uh, find it all put together. Well, once you try to do it yourself, you've learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's our 44th show, so we've certainly done it right for a while, and uh, we welcome everybody and everybody. Yep. We don't discriminate against any particular car or condition. Yep. Come one, come all. So you can you can have uh, you can have something as you can have the first car on the planet, or you can have a uh, fairly late model car, right? Sometimes we see both. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and like you said, it's uh, it's an uh, it's eight hundred to a thousand cars here, so a lot of cars. But um, 
There's a lot of other stuff there that shows up, too, as well as you can take a tour through the mansion, right? Is that very good, yes. That's a, it's a beautiful place, the Endicott Estate. It's uh, formerly the governor's house and uh, could be in the future, too. <laughs> but uh, it's always a battle to keep it together. So do you know something we don't? Is the governor, move, the governor moving down there? Uh, moving I don't Denham, think, is he? Uh, I wouldn't expect it tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's uh, it is it is a beautiful place. It's a nice place to go, and don't be afraid when you when you start to head down the road there, and you go, geez, there's no place to park. You just park right down the street, and you take the shuttle bus, or you just it's what maybe a five minute walk. You know, you know so much about it. I, I it, expect some year to be uh, mesmerized and see you show up. Uh, I'll know when I see a big crowd following somebody down the street. Yeah, that's yeah, that, yeah, that, that's that'll be me. Sure, that'll be me. We have yeah. a fifty-fifty uh, drawing three times through the throughout the event, so we always have something doing. Yep. No, it's it's. I've only been a couple of times, and it's always been it's always been a great time. You always just happen to, for some reason, I always just happen to put my vacation weeks next to your event, and uh, and it's either go to your event or get divorced. Uh, maybe someday we'll have the event at your house for vacation day. Uh, yeah, I don't. Th I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> as much as I, that, I would enjoy that. Um, I don't think we could do that at my little teeny tiny yard. So, um, but it's uh, but it's always a great event, and I encourage people to go. And it's uh, what like five bucks to get in, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. If yeah. you're registering your car, if you pre-register before the end of uh, June, it's fifteen dollars, twenty dollars a day of uh, you know of the event. And, and then, if you if you decide you're going to go to the show and stay there, well, you go in, you 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 register your car, you have a place to park, you bring a few folding chairs, you uh, you can kind of hang around, you can go buy a hamburger or a hot dog, and uh, and you guys even serve breakfast, right? Yeah, we monitor the food event pretty closely. We don't gouge on that stuff. We don't believe in that. Oh, that's oh, that's good. That's good. Well, you never know. You might see me over at the hot dog tent. I would certainly hope so. <laughs> All right, thank John. you very much. All right, take care. Bye bye. Now. Okay, bye. 617-770-3030, Let's talk to Mike on line three. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, yeah good morning, Dr. Cox. Quick question for me. I feel I'm a pretty knowledgeable guy at cause, but reading the tape is recently this Mustang has what's called a flat plane crankshaft. What the heck is that? It's, it's just the design of how the valves open and close. So, um, you know, it, it just, I, I believe it all has to do with how the engine will rev at higher RPMs. So that's the way I understand it. But yeah, I we used to have in the old days. We used to have problems with valves floating at high RPMs. Yep. And the overhead cam did that. But uh, okay. They also fun. they also tend to be for some reason, and I don't I don't know why, but flat plane camshafts tend to make more noise. You actually hear more noise coming from the engine. And I don't I don't know why that is. But um, it's sort of a it's it's been described to me as just the sort of shape, but I believe it really all has to do with um, when you look at it. When you look at the if you looked at the camshaft uh, kind of like head on, it literally looks sort of flat as opposed to you know kind of a cross plane. So, but that that's. That's, uh, there's flat plane camshafts, there's flat plane, flat plane crankshafts. And I think you're, are you talking about crankshaft or camshaft? Crank, crankshaft. Crankshaft, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, if you look at it, it looks, 
it looks... It, it literally looks kind of flat when you look at if you looked at it the long way it looks sort of instead of uh, variations of, of, of high and low it just looks at it but I'll, I'm gonna find a, I'm gonna find an explanation that makes more sense than what I'm trying to come up with in my mind and I'll and I'll find it and I'll tell you what it is okay thank you very much all right all right take care bye bye now our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty you know you sometimes you can picture it you can see it but you can't explain it, and that's what flat plane crankshaft does to me. So, uh, but I believe it has the the reason is it has to do with efficiency, and it allows uh, firing um, the firing order to really alternate from one side to the other. But let's uh, you know I'll do I'll do a little bit of uh, actual reading and find out. But why don't we take a break, pay some bills? If you would like to call us, phone lines are wide open again at six one seven. WROL Boston. We're celebrating the anniversary of two great brands. It's Sullivan Tires 60th and General Tires 100th. So just in time for the summer driving season, Sullivan Tires putting all General Tires on sale. Get $60 off instantly when you buy any four General Tires. Save on quality road-gripping General Tires, including the Grabber HTs, the Ultimax RT43, and the G-Max ASO3. No matter what you drive, there's a General Tire for you. And all are on sale right now at Sullivan Tire. Thank you, New England, for 60 great years. See SullivanTire.com for details. Hey, what's going on here? It's Kurt again, your interstate battery guy, with some thoughts about how to avoid any summertime battery blues. You should charge your batteries before you use them, whether it's for your boat, your motorcycle, your jet skis, that Power Wheels car in the corner, or your cordless yard equipment. You know, after the long winter, you need to charge them up before you use them. At the Interstate All Battery Center in Woburn, we have just the charger you need and a complete line of batteries for those that have just had it. Interstate All Battery Center is also your storm prep center. We have a great line of flashlights, equipment, and alkaline or rechargeable batteries to get you through any power outage. So remember, we're here to help keep the fun, fun, fun in your some, some summertime. For more information, check us out at interstatebatteries.com in Woburn or stop by our store at 30 Nashville Street. For summer fun, always count on outrageously dependable Interstate Batteries. Get a life. This is the Discount Duchess of Boston, and the Duke and I just did. Thanks to the Discount Shopping Club, the Duke and I are getting personal training at Life, Health, and Fitness in Quincy for half off. Membership, personal training, and fitness classes, all at half price. So this Duchess will be looking divine this summer. Visit WEZEWROLradio.com and click on the Discount Shopping tab. I am the Discount Duchess of Boston, and this is my deal. Places mentioned in Bible stories live in your imagination. Now imagine, not having to imagine. Come see them for yourself. The Sea of Galilee, Qumran, Jerusalem, 
Mount of Olives, Gethsemane, the River Jordan, Nazareth, Mount of Beautitudes, Mount Carmel. Follow in the footsteps of Jesus in everything you've read about. Join us on a nine-day expedition that will make the words of the prophets, conquests of the judges, and parables of Christ a reality. Embrace the culture, the people, and why God called Israel. My land, my land, my land. Go to WEZRadio.com or WROLRadio.com and click on the Experience Israel Tour banner and read all about the nine-day tour beginning on October 24th through November 3rd. Now, let's get back to the car doctor, John Paul. program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Okay. Did a little research during the break here. And this comes from SVT Performance. And uh, it says, so several magazines have mentioned the possibility of flat plane cranks, which most people don't know very much about. And some recognize it as a style used in a V8 by Ferrari or the new Lotus. And that's pretty much all they know. Well, this guy's going to try to explain it, whoever this is. I don't know. Um, and the first thing you notice about a flat plane crankshaft is that, in fact, it doesn't have counterweights, which I kind of got that part right. And it says this means the crankshaft is much lighter. So what does that mean? Is it better? It says it has benefits. To the design, the flat plane V8 can have an alternating firing order, which means the pistons will fire right, left, right, left, right, left, and so forth. This means the exhaust manifolds will able to be able to more efficiently scavenge engine gases. So that's why the car sounds a little bit louder. So kind of that, that sound of a Ferrari sound. Um, in addition... The lighter crankshaft means the engine can rev quicker and higher and make more power. Counterbalance weights add a large amount of rotational weight, which means the engine has to spend more time moving the crank before the power can be made, so it makes it quicker revving. Then it says, well, what about torque? Because torque can be an issue because you want torque. You want That's what you want to get moving. And... Um, one of the first things people notice when comparing engine styles is the flat plane V8s typically don't make as much torque as, as some others. And now, although this is uh, somewhat conversational, there's a good reason that uh, most don't make the same. Typically, these engines are, you know, in a little bit fancier cars. So is the Mustang a fancy car? No, but it has a fancier design. So I think what it really means is that that new Mustang 
with the European style, we'll use that, the Ferrari style crankshaft, revs quicker, scavenges better, so gets more air out of the engine better, revs higher, makes more horsepower, and doesn't suffer too much from torque. So the idea is less counterweights, the way it fires. I think that's I think that's about the best I can come up with for for a reason what you know what that what it's all about. So I hope that helped a little bit. It's kind of what I thought, but I wasn't sure and I didn't want to make myself look too silly. The racers of the world know all about it. So last week we gave away and it's I didn't get mailed out too late. We gave away a Rescue Me, the original keychain car escape tool. It went out to a lucky trivia winner who um We'll never have to worry now about what happens if they get stuck in the car. Because it's a little keychain tool, and I said, uh, we were talking about what happens if your car ends up in the water, and I said, you know, try to open the window. If you can't open the window, try to break try to break a window. And um, if you can't do that, let the water pressure equalize, and in fact, you should be able to open the door if the car wasn't too badly damaged. Well, the Rescue Me is this little keychain tool that has a little... Um, uh, sort of center punch thing, so you can actually break the window. It also has a seatbelt cutter in case, for some reason, the seatbelt is jammed. You can cut your way through the seatbelt because it's got this little razor blade thing. Uh, and it's designed to either hang on a key ring or, as the president of the company said to me, you can also just let it hang off the rearview mirror so it's always visible for you whenever you need it, which isn't a terrible place to have it or put it over the sun visor or someplace. It's not very big, so it doesn't block much of your vision. And um, you can uh, you can buy them you can buy them just about anywhere. But the uh, original Rescue Me is uh, available through a variety of sources, uh, including you can buy it on eBay and, and other places. But uh, but it's uh, uh, if you have a concern about what would happen if your car goes into the water or something like that, which only happens less than. I don't know, less than 1% of the crashes and probably far less than that. So not very often that happens. But if that's one of your fears, you pick up one of these things, and uh, they're very inexpensive. I think they're under $20. You can keep it in your car in case of an emergency, and you may just have a chance to win one today. You never know. Maybe after the 9 o'clock hour. It is after the 9 o'clock hour. Look at that. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems, whatever is on your mind. You can do that. You can do that now. In fact, let's talk to Rick. What a Rick. Hey there. Um, hey there. Well, um, my, I got some of my grandkids up and from Pennsylvania, and I want to say hello to Zamir and Michaela. They're in the kitchen right now. And I'm on the front porch, so I can say hi to them on the radio. And I, I got a few suggestions for you taking a long trip with kids, because I'm retired military. Okay, go ahead. Okay, um, one thing my wife and I would do is that we'd put together the little boxes, and I would make a little piece of plywood and that so they could put it on their car seats, and they could do some drawing, and the, the box would be crayons and coloring books and stuff like that to do on the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, they could pick out a few, you know, toys that they could play in the car with and put it in a small backpack. And then my wife would stop off at the dollar store and buy little toys and wrap them up. And then 
once an hour, once an hour and a half, two hours. If the kid's getting a little reckless, you'd break out a toy. They can unwrap it and have a new toy to play with on the road. Hmm. And that. So keep, you know, keep them distracted. And then, of course, you know, you got the normal snack, stuff like that. Yep. And then every hour, hour and a half or so, you'd stop at a rest stop and make them run. And run off some steam and that while they're making bathroom stops and that. And that would get rid of some of the pent-up energy that they would have from sitting in a car. Yeah, good idea, and I think a lot of people today also kind of add in the electronic toys, the video games and DVD players and all that, but, but giving them something to do rather than just sit there, I think, is a good idea, and as they get older, you can, uh, you can also, uh, you know, turn them into car spotters or motorcycle spotters and, you know, try to yeah. identify different cars going down the road. Yeah, the, the, the last long trip we had, we had uh, one of one uh, sister-in-law and her uh, kids, and we were keeping record of the different license plates. Yeah. And lo and behold, we even found uh, one from Alaska and one from Hawaii on the way down to South Carolina. Yeah, you, you, it's, uh, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, it sounds, they sound kind of, you know, silly things to do, but certainly they'll, uh, they'll um, be able, you know, it keeps the kids busy and, uh, you know. I find myself doing the same thing sometimes when I'm driving, so I know I shouldn't, but, you know, I find myself doing the same thing, so. Well, here's a, here's a secret trick that you can also pull with the kids. You know, when they just get too loud, too noisy, and you're just about ready to scream at them, play the silent game. Have a contest. See who can be quiet, quiet the longest. Wow. And have a, you know, a present for them, whoever stays quiet the longest. You know, you can you can you can do an awful lot of stuff with uh, with five dollars at the dollar store. Yeah, and like it, I say, a, a new toy for the kids to unwrap to play with. Like, wow, great! Yeah, yeah, and it costs a dollar. Yeah, and your and it saved your sanity. Yep. <laughs> hey, Rick, thanks for calling in, and have a, a happy and safe Fourth of July. Okay, same to All right, John. Bye. take care. Bye bye. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, I worked with with somebody who was uh, going to college, and I said to her, she ought to do a blog of some sort about living, surviving at the Dollar Tree. So, you know, where everything's a dollar. See if she could actually manage to go six months and only be at the dollar store. Six months, only be at the dollar store. They have food, they have clothes, they have medicine. Not much clothes. Well, I didn't say I didn't say you know start with no clothes, you know, but they have some clothes. They have they, there's a lot of stuff at the dollar just to see if you could do it and see if you could live at the dollar store. And uh, she was in marketing, so you know it'd probably be an interesting little thing. And you know, turn it into a book. Next thing you know, you're on Oprah. I don't know. Well, about the Chrysler minivan from the De- Detroit Free Press, it says the Windsor Assembly Plant, so the uh, the plant where they've um, been building cars since the 1980s, and uh, they're putting in all new equipment to make the next generation minivan. Company officials say that about 80% of the equipment at the plant's body shop and assembly line will be new when the plant resumes production in May. Over the next 14 weeks, more than 1,500 workers and 50 contractors will be crawling over the sprawling 4.4 million foot plant. Imagine 4.4 million square feet. So the typical Home Depot is about 100,000 square feet. 
So imagine 10 of those would be a quarter of the size of this plant. So 40 Home Depots. That's a pretty big plant. And it says a total of 822 new robots will be installed in the plant, in the body shop alone, in the assembly area. And they're calling in a new skillet line that can raise or lower the shell of a car to match the height of the worker will replace the overhead conveyor. The overhaul is part of a $2 billion investment. And when it comes to minivans, the automaker claims it invented the segment and has made it a priority to retain leadership. But with this next generation, the automaker is gambling that can retain the sales crown with a single nameplate. The automaker is discounting the Dodge Grand Caravan to focus on the Chrysler badge minivan only, which, to go back to Tom, sounds like it's if it's going to be a Chrysler, it's probably going to be a fancier version. So you might not get that in between. You might not get that. You don't want the pure utilitarian one, the one that's like a work van, but you don't want the leather seat, tufted interior you know, fancy version, if you're going to do things like occasionally put a sheet of plywood in the back of it. So uh, it's, um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. They say the current minivans will remain in production after the shutdown. The plant will stop producing uh, uh, vehicles and will start up, uh, start up soon. Last year, the automaker sold more than a quarter of a million minivans in the U.S. when the sales of the Chrysler Town & Country and Dodge Caravan are combined. Uh, so they sold an awful lot of them. At the end of December, Fiat Chrysler U.S. had just a 78-day supply of Chrysler Town & Country vans and only a 67-day uh, supply of Dodge Caravans. So, um, you know, it looks like they're going to be around, and will they be able to, uh, will they be able to really turn it around and make it the number one minivan on the planet? Never know. Depends what people want out of their vehicles. So, the 10 worst cities for drivers, according to a study done by, by uh, AOL or by NerdWallet, combination of both, it's a pain to drive in Boston. Now it has been officially named the worst city for drivers in America. Just in case you're wondering, after looking into driving conditions, insurance costs, NerdWallet found drivers in Boston can expect 53 hours of traffic delays each year. In 2012, Texas A&M Transportation Institute discovered Americans on average spend about 38 hours a year stuck in traffic. NerdWallet also determined that Boston has on average more bad weather than other cities and only 1.36 parking garages for every 1,000 commuter cars. So on top of being a horrible place to drive, there's no place to park. The uh, Boston Globe reports this is because the city has had a parking freeze on downtown since 1978, which limits spaces for public parking to just over 35,000. And in 2014, all state insurance report found that Boston has some of the worst drivers. No, that's not true. According to the finding, Boston drivers had about 130% likelihood of getting into a, they use the word accident, we like to say crash, compared with the national average, out of 200 cities, Allstate looked at Boston, at the 200 cities they looked at, Boston came in at the 199th spot. Whew. Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles rounded out the top three worst cities for drivers, making the list for high insurance premiums and expensive gas prices. So, the 10 worst cities, starting from number 10, New York. Nine, Detroit. 
eight Seattle, Washington, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and Boston. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Doesn't look good. There is a... Um, I pulled an article on something. It was 21 retro diners worth the road trip. Do you like to eat? Do you like to drive? There you go. There's a combination here. So this is kind of from coast to coast. And it is uh, from uh, BuzzFeed. And it says, uh, Brent's Drugs in Jackson, Mississippi. Definitely we recommend the chicken salad sandwich and crinkle fries with their homemade lemonade, according to... Uh, Carol, the arcade restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee. Were you there when you went to Memphis? No. Um, it took a hot cup of their sweet, sweet pancake gravy dipped by crispy pork babies in it. Said it was delicious. Babies. Pork babies. Uh, steel trawler diner, diner in Lisbon, Ohio. The brown gravy was something I dream about, says here. Uh, Big Daddy's Diner in New York City. The cheeseburger is so satisfying. Everything is served with tater tots. Locally, Al Max Diner in Fall River. Supposed to be the best around. Uh, Vic's Ice Cream in Sacramento. Um, Martindale uh, Chief Diner in Crayville, New York. City Diner in San Jose, Dean's Diner. But the uh, it looks like the only one that uh, was local was the one in, in uh, Fall River, Al Max Diner. And I think I've been there. I think I've been there. So, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, see a diner, you might as well get, get there. Okay, this is a little bit of a, this is a little bit of a, a I, don't, I won't say thoughtful trivia question. But everybody, there's a, what do they call it, a, a, a mnemonic where you have letters that remind you of certain words. People that, people that play uh, um, trivia games, not Wheel of Fortune, the other one, Jeopardy, they like mnemonics. But anyway, there was the Chevy Nova. Everybody knows the Chevy Nova. Well, if you looked at the letters of Chevy Nova, it also had four other ve or three other vehicles. So if you wrote out the word Nova across and then wrote down from those letters, so N for Nova, what 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 is the O car, what is the V car, and what is the A car? So, Chevy Nova, the N is for Nova. What's the O? What's the V? What's the A? They're all built on essentially the same platform. If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030, and we will give you a prize. We will either give you a bottle of 200-mile-an-hour wax, courtesy of our friend Jay Davidson, or we will give you a Rescue Me uh, vehicle escape tool. How about that? 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. 
Why don't we take a break? 617-770-3030. You know the answer. What does what is the mnemonic that turns into the three other cars and for Nova? What's the O? What's the V? What's the A? Taxing your 1970s brain on this one. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We will be right back. Put on my weekend clothes, turn on the rock and roll. W-R-O-L Boston. Hey, it's Kurt here. And if you're like me, you're passionate about your ride. The Interstate All-Battery Center in Woburn has the most powerful and reliable batteries for your bike. Let us help you make sure the rides stay fun. Stop by and take advantage of our free battery and charging system check. We're in Woburn at 30 Nashville Street, directly off Montvale. You can check us out online at interstatebattery.com slash Woburn. Or give us a call at 800-649-3662. But coming back when summer's in the meadow. The international sensation that is Celtic Woman is celebrating 10 years entertaining the world. And the Celtic Woman Anniversary Tour comes to the Lynn Auditorium on Sunday, June 28th at 3 p.m. Tickets start at $47. Ticketmaster 1-800-745-3000. LynnAuditorium.com or CelticWoman.com. As energy prices go up, your cooling bills can make you extremely hot. Whew. But now there's a way to extinguish the problem. Mitsubishi Electric Systems can cool and heat multiple rooms or just one room at a time with no ductwork. If you think about it, why pay to cool the whole house when you only use a few rooms? Mitsubishi Electric's advanced technology gives you the most efficient, reliable way to cool or heat while cutting up to 30% off your energy bills versus traditional HVAC. Plus, they filter allergens and are quieter than a human whisper. You can even control them remotely with a smartphone or tablet. They're perfect for remodels, fixing hot and cold spots, or replacing your entire HVAC system. I'm Mike Francione, owner of Coastal Heating and Air Conditioning in Quincy. We at Coastal have you covered for all your heating, AC, and refrigeration needs. Call Coastal today at 617-770-0636 or visit us on the web at CoastalAHR.com. Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Live better. You're listening to The Car Doctor. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I my and, and welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. This must be a tough trivia question. We haven't even had a guest yet. And, of course... Uh, be fair, if you've won trivia in the last uh, couple months, give someone else a try, even though it is a tough question. But uh, here you go. The mnemonic Nova helps people remember what General Motors compact cars of the 70s. And in order, what are they? The N stands for Nova. What's the O? What's the V? What's the A? If you know the answer to that, we will give you... Who knows, who knows what we're going to give away? We might give away all kinds of stuff. Or nothing. But we'll give away something. We always give away something. 
Well, let's see. John, the only one who's guessed so far. Let's see if he knows. John, do you know? Hey, John. How are you? Well, uh, the O's a little tricky, but I'm going to try. So, uh, Omega. Yep. Ventura. Yep. And Apollo. Apollo is the one usually most people don't get. Congratulations, you got it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now the phones are ringing off the hook. You, yeah. <laughs> apparently, you gave everybody as soon as as soon as you came up with uh, as soon as you come up came up with the. Uh, the uh, Ventura or something, you yeah. uh, you got it. But yeah, the Omega, you know, the Omega was one of those cars that you know nobody kind of really remembered. Or the Buick Apollo, which you know you kind of look at those cars back then and you say, well, they really all were Novas. That's right. Yeah. 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 And as much as uh, as much as Cadillac had the Seville, which I liked a lot, it still was a Nova. That's right. That was yeah. it. Really was. Yeah. 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 It was a. It was a. I mean, it had a fuel injected V8 in it. But it was still sort of a Chevy V8 under the hood. So, but I like that the the Seville. I like a lot. In fact, uh, somebody I know has one of those cars, and it and it, it is it is just a nice car. But I'll tell you what, we'll put you on hold, and uh, we'll uh, we'll send you out wax and a rescue me tool. How's that? That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. All right, all right, good enough. Marita right. will take care of that, and I will uh, I will uh, get that out. Of course, then the phone started ring. It must have been that must have been that uh, that clue of Omega. So um, there's an interesting there's an interesting story that it says here the setup that saved De Gaulle may be history, and it says it always seemed more alchemy than science. Citroen's suspension system, this kind of hydro pneumatic suspension system introduced in 1952, symbolized an eccentric car company's stubborn resolve to zig where others zag. Citroen cars equipped with the system, such as the DS, had a knack for floating effortlessly over the road while remaining stable, even while leaning in corners. The system worked well on France's rough roads after World War II. Reuters reported last week that the Citroen will cease using its signature technology after the C5 sedan is discontinued as part of the cost-cutting measures by their CEO, and uh, they declined comment. Instead of shock absorbers, the Citroen were equipped with a system that interconnected spheres of, of, that used nitrogen gas and a hydraulic fluid to balance the ride. The system is famously credited with saving the life of French President Charles de Gaulle in 1962. As uh, de Gaulle's DS-19 was speeding from some palace to the airport, 12 gunmen ambushed a car and opened fire. Um, blowing out at least two of the tires and killing two of de Gaulle's motorcycle security guards. But thanks to the Citroen's stability, de Gaulle's chauffeur was able to continue the car driving the leader and his wife to safety. So apparently this fancy suspension system was able to uh, was save President de Gaulle in 1952. Um, that suspension system, the person who was the president of Bose always took that suspension system and wanted to make a Bose suspension system for cars, which he actually did. He, uh, he actually bought one of these old Citroens and then actually developed a suspension system using a combination of this sound and a bunch of other things and put it into a Mercedes, and it could literally drive over a parking lot bumper and as you slowly approach the parking lot bumper, the tire would lift up 
go over the bumper, drop down on the other side, and it would do that on all four wheels. Unfortunately, it was very expensive and didn't work. It, it worked fine. It just didn't make sense for money. I'm not sure what this is, but when the article starts off, a billion here, a billion there, it's always worth reading. It says, uh, a billion here, a billion there. In its latest earnings statement, Berkshire Hathaway valued the purchase of the Van Tool Group, a big car dealership group, at $4.1 billion after adding up the value of the dealership group assets and subtracting the liabilities that were assumed. But that's not how the publicly traded dealership group traditionally have their value. Uh, it says here the, the tally, they usually tally up the assets excluding cash investments and cite that figure. When buy-sell advisor Alan Haig ran the numbers that way, as part of a quarterly report on buy-sell market, he came up with a much larger value than the deal, $5.5 billion. He added, we hope that uh, Larry Van Tool will not be mad at us for reporting a figure this and drawing attention to uh, every wealth advisor on the planet. Either way, this was, a far, this was the largest vehicle acquisition or or dealership acquisition in the in the industry. So, is it four billion? Is it five billion? It's a lot of billions. Speaking of billions, if you normally buy gas at a Hess gas station, they are now turning into Speedway gas stations because Hess sold their gas stations for I think it was four point two billion dollars, something like that. So, if you were uh, if you had an extra billion around, maybe you could have you could have bought all the Hess gas stations. I can't, but somebody can. So, what do you think of this when you go in for service, get your car serviced at a dealership, a a dealership in Texas, where you can get your Cadillac serviced? Apparently, opened a wine bar. When Will Churchill and his uh, twin sister, uh, Corey, opened a small, fine wine shop inside their Fort Worth, Texas Cadillac dealership three years ago, it was a novel idea, and they hoped it would at least break even and maybe even help with customer satisfaction. Not, but it's, it's done much more than that. Not only does the 250-square-foot Cadillac wines generate about $700,000 in annual income. So a... 25 by 10 foot wine shop generates $700,000 in income? I'm going to start selling wine. Um, it's been directly responsible for at least selling a car a month, according to Churchill. He said it also helped the store become the GM dealer of the year for three years straight. What's more, the little wine shop has spawned an offspring 20 miles away. This seems to be kicking the, that success into high gear. Kent and Company Wines is an upscale wine bar in a trendy part of Fort Worth that draws mostly young people who sample wines while sitting amid the new Cadillacs. But the 3,500-square-foot wine bar, which opened in June of 2014, has a second purpose. It serves as a satellite service lane for customers who live or work near downtown to drop off their vehicles for service. So far, Churchill said the wine bar is used by just a handful of customers each day. They drop off and pick up their car uh, being serviced. From the uh, from Frank Kent Cadillac, some 20 minutes away, the cars are shuttled back and forth by dealership employees. It's such a new concept that uh, people are trying to get their mind wrapped around it, but it works. Well, that's an interesting thing to think about, I suppose. If you're 
you know, if you're in the service business, one of the things you can try is, uh, you know, do, do something different. Look at things differently and see, see how it all works out for you. The um, Continental Tire Plant, where they build, where they make tires, apparently generates no waste. Continental Tire zero landfill status means that plant's waste becomes 100% beneficial and reuse. I was um, at the Sullivan Tire Warehouse, which is about a quarter of a million square feet, and it's actually a green warehouse. They have uh, everything they do there is, uh, is very green and... Uh, Works out, works out for them, and it works out to be a, a good way to take care of things. So you try to do a, a few things to make things the right way. Okay, top ten automotive repair shop pet peeves. No two days are the same for the owner of a repair shop. Every day brings in its unique set of challenges to overcome. But for the most part, the day progresses along, and one day passes to the next. I'm not even sure where this is from. Uh, but there are those occasions when certain daily activities and tasks create their own obstacles that rub your wrenches the wrong way, it says here. Uh, I know the fact that there isn't enough morning coffee to ease the frustration when you're working away. So let's see what the top ten repair shop pet peeves are. You drive a car on the lift, set three of the four legs of the lift, but the last one won't line up or just get past the tire unless you hop back into the car, move it just a bit more. Nine out of ten cars don't fit the first time. That doesn't seem like much of a pet peeve. Why is the air hose always six inches too short? Doesn't matter uh, how much extra hose you have on on the reel, it's always six inches too short. That... Well, I think air hoses, extension cords, if I ever fall off a cliff or getting ready to fall off a cliff, all I want is all I want is a extension cord because extension cords get caught on everything. So I think if I had an extension cord and I was falling off a cliff, it would get caught on something and I would be saved. Tool borrowers who borrow tools and don't bring them back, tool tool borrowers who bring them back broken, tool borrowers who don't wipe the grease off tools after they're done with them, so in general, tool borrowers. There are those people who borrow things and you never see them again. I think I have a generator somewhere. I have a one of those kerosene heaters somewhere. Hmm. Might have an air compressor somewhere. That I'll never see them again. In a snowblower. Yeah, a little snowblower. Um, small cars with gym equipment, boxes full of random stuff, pile of clothes behind the driver's seat when you try to get in and move the seat back. You can't drive the car into the shop. It won't budge. And because there's so much junk in the back seat. Pocket screwdrivers with extra strong magnets on the tip. Magnets are good, but not when you lean over an engine and the screwdriver attaches itself to the nearest piece of metal. So far, nothing here seems terrible. The last guy to use the oil recovery tank filled it up with the last oil changes, the change and didn't bother to empty it. Yeah, I don't like that either. When I worked in a garage, in fact, when I was at a garage uh, about a year or so ago, 
And it was a pretty big garage. It, it was probably 15 bays. But there was only four or five technicians that worked there. But there was three or four helpers, tire changers, shuttle drivers. And every one of their oil change buckets was full. I'm like, can't one of those guys that's standing around playing with his phone go empty out oil, all the oil change buckets? So when the somebody who actually needs to do something quickly and efficiently doesn't have to worry about emptying it? But so I, I can understand. Service writers who don't ask questions. This is absolutely true because the best service writer is somebody who asks the customer a lot of questions. Um, the worst service writer is somebody who actually tries to diagnose the car, in my opinion. But let's see what it says here. Service writers who don't ask questions but will write down anything the customer tells them, even if it makes absolutely no sense. The car sounds like a ballerina with a sore foot. That's a good explanation of a faulty suspension component. And let's face it, I'm not a ballerina, so I don't have any clue what a ballerina with a sore foot sounds like. Marita might, though. She might know what that is. Somebody said to me, every time they start their car, it sounded like the Wookiee from Star Wars. Which, I guess, kind of makes a grumbling sound. Let's see, what else here? A uh, customer drops off a car and explains in great detail the problem he's having, but fails to mention the outside door handle is broken and they have to crawl in from the passenger side. Uh, I can understand that. If you ask if, if I'm a technician, then proceed to tell me how brilliant you are at your profession. Later on in the conversation, I found out the cars that you have worked on belong to your relatives, most of whom don't speak with you anymore because you've done magic things under the hood. Oh, and I know everybody is a mechanic, might as well fess up, but I don't need to brag about what I do. My work speaks for itself. And then, finally, engineered disasters, poor designs, unbelievable, impossible to reach bolts or components that only an idiot would have designed that way in the first place. The, uh, they show zero labor time to remove a part, which makes it only worse. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that one because I watched them put in a sunroof in a Ford F-150 pickup truck. They put it in while there's no rear window in the car, in the truck. So easy to put in with no rear window, hard to fix once it's already in there. So yeah, poorly designed. And the pet peeve started an electrical short trace from one end of the circuit and nine chances out of ten, it's going to be at the complete opposite end. It doesn't matter if you try to outthink it by starting at the other end. It's still going to be at that end. I agree with that. Why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Paul. He's on line one. We also have a couple lines open if you want to join us at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. WROL Boston. Your two-year-old has a fever and needs antibiotics. Trouble is, it's 3 a.m. and the doctor's office is closed. So you'll need to pack up all the kids and drive to the ER. But not anymore. If you have Teladoc from MyDiscountHealth.com, just call the toll-free number 24-7. You'll speak to a board-certified, state-licensed doctor who, if needed, can write a prescription right over the phone. 
MyDiscountHealth.com includes Teladoc with 11 other services, including dental, vision, and prescription discounts, all for less than $25 a month. Learn more by calling toll-free 844-450-2273. That's 844-450-2273. This plan is not health insurance and does not replace health insurance. Members pay participating providers directly and receive discounts immediately. Savings varies by provider and service. Cancel within 30 days and get a full refund less processing fee. Discount Medical Plan Organization is Carrington International Corp. Frisco, Texas. This plan is not available in all areas. Call 844-450-2273 or go to MyDiscountHealth.com. We're celebrating the anniversary of two great brands. It's Sullivan Tires 60th and General Tires 100th. So just in time for the summer driving season, Sullivan Tires putting all General Tires on sale. Get $60 off instantly when you buy any four General Tires. Save on quality road-gripping General Tires, including the Grabber HTs, the Ultimax RT43, and the G-Max ASO3. No matter what you drive, there's a General Tire for you. And all are on sale right now at Sullivan Tire. Thank you, New England, for 60 great years. See SullivanTire.com for details. Discount Duchess of Boston here again. I took my darling Duke to the most deliriously delicious Brazilian steakhouse last night. Spetta's Steakhouse in Quincy. Spetta's is Rodizio style where the servers came right to our table and carved the meat. It's so authentic, the Duke thought he was back in Rio de Janeiro. The Duke and I had quite the date. All at half price because I bought the gift certificates through the Discount Shopping Club. And you can too by going to WEZE or WROradio.com and clicking on the Discount Shopping tab. Now, let's get back to the car doctor, John Paul. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillac. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We're still kind of figuring out this 90-minute thing. We, we haven't quite got it straightened out yet, but we're working on it somehow. I haven't, you know, the, the 8.30 to 9 went pretty well here, so uh, we're working on it. We're trying to figure it all out. Let's talk to Paul on line one, who's been very patient while we had to pay some bills. Yeah, not a problem. Quite okay. Uh, t- today's in, I picked up the globe and realized today's an anniversary for part of your program, at least your relates to your theme song. It, uh, according to this day in history, uh, it was 40 years ago that the legendary Route 66, which originally stretched from Chicago to Santa Monica, California, passed into history as officials decertified the road. Huh. So you, you close your show with the theme from Route yeah. 66. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, you're right. And uh, it is, well, Marita does. I don't do anything. So, yeah, Marita's the one in charge of all of that. But, Absolutely. But, uh, I, all that's, producers do. Yeah, that, that's, one of, that's one of those things that, uh, and, and I even call her my executive producer. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. one in my early yeah. life. Yeah, so. Uh, but that's one of those things that, you know, if, if, I ever, if I ever retire, you know, and there's still some Route 66 left to see stuff, I kind of want to go do it. Yeah. I think there was some talk that somewhere in the past year that they were going to either bring back that uh, Route 66 as a, as a movie or as a, a, a new show, but I, I haven't... Well, you know they're they're bringing you know they're they're bringing back everything as new shows. So I, what I hear the everything other day, old is new again. Yeah, you know, Full House or something is 
You know, well, although uh, apparently Uncle Jesse got arrested for drunk driving this week, so. Which yeah. one is that? I mean, uh, 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 he's the uh, who's who is that? Help me. Who's uh, Uncle Jesse? Was that in John the, in Stamos? John Stamos. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's like half a Beach Boy or something too. I think I think he plays plays the drums for the Beach Boys once in a while. But uh, really? okay. yeah, but he's uh, but apparently he uh, got arrested for drinking and driving this week. So that was an interesting movie about the Beach Boys that just came out. Yeah, it was it. I know a lot of people were going to go that I talked to were going to see it, but uh, yeah, don't go to expect a whole lot of music in it. There's no? some, but um, it um, it's interesting. Oh, well, there you go. Dynamics okay. of it. But it, it is, I think they should put more music in it, but that's just me. Um, so, uh, one, two small questions. Okay. Uh, uh, has anybody put a book together about taillights of the, uh, I suppose, of the uh, 40s, 50s, and early degree 60s? You could always identify a car by mm. their taillights. Beats me today. Yeah, I don't know if they've actually done that specifically, Mm -hmm. but there is a book called Glass and Glass and Chrome or Chrome and something, Mm -hmm. and it it has a lot of taillights in it, and it's sort of the uh, the Chrome chariot or Chrome chariots or something like that. But a lot of it has to do with. uh, with the taillight design, not specifically a book about taillights, but I'm willing to bet there's there probably is. So because they used, I don't know if it came with safety regulations where everything had to be kind of flush, but they used to have taillights. I mean, Cadillac, oh yeah, oh sure, yeah. the Fords, yeah. um, you Plymouths, um, you you name it. But um, the uh, I know Chevy seems to want to pick up some of the history of it uh, in some of their cars, or I guess all of them, pretty much. They have a bank of three. Three lights on each side, mm-hmm. but they're they're pretty flush, and you have to have you know, yeah, you know, every, of it to say, every little oh, yeah, bit, familiar. yeah, every little bit of aerodynamics is what really you know all the car makers are looking and trying to you know make things as smooth as possible, and you know r- really when you think about the cars of the fifties. Uh, especially the late fifties, they were all sort of aerospace based. They're all sure. you know planes and jets, and so they had to be pointy. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. But you never know. I I'm, I think in two weeks we have an author of a, a kind of a cartoon. I don't want to say comic book, but I guess it kind of is a comic book um, about uh, Steve McQueen. Oh. Yeah, so they'll be on. They'll be on in a couple of weeks, and they're sending me one of the books, and we'll give that away to somebody. So. One quick automotive automotive question. Yes. Uh, the other day, I was um, uh, making a turn to a parking lot, and I heard a clunk, and um, took my car because it was nearby to the local Mazda dealer mm-hmm. to find out that a uh, rear exhaust bolt had broken, and um, I wonder. And so they, they fixed it. And it wasn't mm. really very expensive. Yep. Is that a very common thing to happen? The car is forty thousand miles. Yeah, that that is not a common thing to happen at all. Hmm. Yeah, it uh, the only thing can be is that it was uh it was probably over tightened when it was assembled maybe and mm-hmm. finally just the stress of it just broke it but yeah, yeah, that that's that's really odd that that would happen. But I noticed it and then I noticed a bit of a roar and I thought well, gee, I thought my muffler had yeah. no. developed a hole no. but it it just separated the two yeah. parts enough yeah. that uh, you could uh, yeah. you could hear a roar. But, yeah, because uh, today's muffler systems almost outlast the cars. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, which yeah. is good. I yeah. mean, they they had to put a, uh, the gasket, but you could see yep. one of the you know one was missing and the other was was pretty rusty. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, and my car has uh, now been outside yeah. uh, without being garage any longer. Yeah, the that 
not enough time, I think, to have called. Oh, no, no. But, you, you know, sometimes there's a combination of things that, you know, I, I you know, hate to sound as old as I am, but they just don't make stuff the way they used to. You know, and then you add to it the stuff that we put on the roads today, the salty brine mix that, yes, that yes. you know, that kind of dissolves rebar. So it isn't it isn't good for, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of things. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Well, they yeah. fixed it quickly, and it wasn't overly yep. expensive, well, and I didn't have to replace them off her, so I guess yeah. so I was, did okay. So it was a good day. A good day. All yeah, right. Happy anniversary. All right. All right. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Over to Charlie on line two. Charlie? Charlie? Where are you, Charlie? Right here. All right. Okay. Uh, this is a, a motor um, question on oil. Okay. Um, I have a few cars in, um, like, uh, a couple of 409 Biscayne sedans. Mm-hmm. And, um... A couple of 409 Biscaynes. Jeez. Yeah, you know, 62 and 64. Okay. <laughs> that's not the end of it, either. <laughs> A 396 one. Oh. And um, that's in a 65, this game. Yeah. And uh, a 66 one with a 427. Jeez. In the Hemi 426 in a Dodge Polara. Uh, the question is, is it wise to add zinc to the oils? of these cars, or buy Lucas with the zinc in it, or is it just a fallacy, or is it a good idea to do it, or not to do it? Yeah, I mean, I I really think that in some of these, they've, they've been slowly eliminating zinc out of, um, out of oil over time, and these cars kind of need it, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I kind of think that... Um, that, you know, looking at looking at an oil that's designed for some of these older engines is is a good idea, and you know, is there such a thing as like classic car oil? Maybe. I my only fear of adding some of these, uh, you know, some of these uh, what's it called ZDP or ZDDP or something like that. It's that additive that they put in that they add to the oil that's supposed to be better for the for the valve trains. Um, I would rather buy the oil with it already in it because my fear would be that um, you somehow add too much. And and I think it's one of those things that a little is good, a lot might not be. And um, I know some oil manufacturers do have oil that's designed just for this reason. Yeah, Lucas does, and I think Royal Purple does. Am's Oil does. Um but it's, uh, it, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a fallacy. I think it's, you know, over time they've taken out the zinc and the phosphorus in oil, and um, you know, it can, it can, it can be a little, it can be a little bit of a problem. So I would look, I if I was, if I had your cars, your amazing collection of cars, I would, yeah, I think I would want to have. You know, I would want to have the uh, I would want to have oil that's good for it. And if it's an old, if if it's even older than that, if it's an old flat tappet engine, definitely I want to have that. I'm not wild about adding additives because it's too easy to over add. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd look for the oil that already has it built in it. It's like thirty five dollars uh, uh, a yeah. It's not it's not cheap. But how often do you change your oil? Mm. Once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, to do it once a year and, you know, rotate through your f- five cars, um, 
you know, and do a different one every couple of months. It's you know, the, num the yeah. numbers eight. The numbers eighteen. Eighteen cars. <laughs> I only went to a few of them. Can I come to your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right over. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Thank you. All right, but yeah, I try to get the right oil for. I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to use a, a true modern oil because I think I mean you have eighteen cars, so you're not putting a lot of miles on any of them. So I mean, you could certainly probably get away with it with no problem. But if you were out driving these cars on a regular basis, it'd probably be right. It'd probably be a good idea to put the right oil in it. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Shelley. All right. All right. Bye bye. Eighteen cars. That's. I don't know. I, I have I have no answers for that. I just I'm just jealous at this point. So, um, so before we go to the next call, while I was while we were looking, somebody let's see ZDDP zinc long word I can't pronounce is a compound that was introduced to motor oil seventy years ago. It's an anti metal anti wear additive. It's no longer Lengen. The compound was originally developed for use in airplane engines. It was found very quickly and effectively to come out with wear. Uh, so all tests that we reviewed conclude that ZDDP is an effective in moderating the wear when formulated properly with base stock oil. ZDDP is also known to have antioxidant and corrosion Resistant properties are very useful in preventing aging in an internal combustion engine. Over the last 40 years, there's been considerable pressure to reduce that additive in motor oil because of toxicity concerns, further influencing the decisions of catalytic converters. Uh, so what's the bottom line here? So what are the concerns or conclusions? Consider using ZDP as an additive in motor oil during the run-in period and rebuild classic engine. Be careful with the concentration. That's what I was worried about. And consider using classic motor oil, which specifically contains ZDP. Valvoline, for example, has a range of products. So that's... So the Internet agrees with me for a change. So I'm happy with that. Let's go talk to Phil. Motor Phil. Good morning, car doctor. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. You don't have 18 or 19 cars, do you? No, no, I, I'm just concerned with one at the moment. All right. <laughs> yeah, we have a 2013 Volvo XC60. That's the smaller yep. of the SUV. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so at 28,000 miles, the car ran, is run beautiful for all this time. Mm -hmm. But at 28,500 miles, it's we were on the highway, and I accelerated. I was doing around 70, 75. Mm -hmm. And I accelerated, and I felt this rumbling in the, in the engine or whatever. You know, just mm -hmm. this rumbling. I said, what the heck is that? And then when I slowed down, I was making this turn in a parking lot later that same time. I felt the rumbling again. I said, boy, this is maybe very odd. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I brought it in for the service. And they came up with this... Uh, that they needed to put spacers for the center drive shaft. So they installed spacers and longer bolts for the center drive shaft. This was this problem was found related to a technical journal. Mm -hmm. And so had the car back within 200 miles. Not only did that problem, it was worse. So I brought it back again. I mean, it was really bad. I yep. thought the drive shaft was going to fall out. And they came up with this... Uh, the active on-demand coupler pump was replaced. 
have you ever, have you heard of that? that you know, for the well, there there's a. Uh yeah, there, there's been a couple of things. I mean, the yeah. the thing I think you were first talking about uh, was a um, in the drive shaft was one. There was also there was also something with the suspension where um, there was a uh, a rubber mount on part of the strut that could make a rumble and bang yeah. noise. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's odd it's odd that it would do this. Did it, did at some point when it was making this rumbling sound, did it almost feel like you were hitting a speed bump? Uh, no, not that, that bad. bad. Okay, never got that bad. Okay, so but anyway, so you know they re- this active on-demand coupler pump has been you know supposedly put in, and it was fine for the. But now you know when I'm driving the car, it's just like, gee, you know you you're looking for anything that's not mm. perfect, and uh you know I just I'm really. <laughs> no, nothing bad has happened yet. It's only been a couple of hundred miles yeah. since yeah. I got it back. Yeah. No, because I think I think doing that that uh, drive shaft thing didn't do anything, obviously. So, yeah, right. yeah. So made it you know, worse, if anything. Yeah. So the um, the transmission and the uh, the transmission and the transfer case, because where right. it's, where it's all wheel drive, it needs that pump to actually turn on and off the all wheel drive system. Right. And if that's if it's applying when it's not supposed to be, that's when you get all the clunking and banging and weird things that happen. So yeah. Yeah, so I would, uh, you know, I would hope for the best at this point. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, you don't have, I kind of don't have that much confidence that this is the final solution right. to this thing. That's, that's, well, I think, I think it might be. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't heard of anything more, so I think, I think you might be in pretty good shape, but, yeah, um, yeah but at this point, at this point, I'm not sure. I think, you know, taking care of that, that actually sounds, that actually sounds like the right, that sounds like the right repair for the symptom. Yeah. The other one, not so much. Now, the center drive shaft is the uh, is the shaft that's giving power to the rear wheel. Right. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was so complicated. This yeah, there, there, yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. It used to be that you know these all wheel drive systems were relatively simple, and then they just yeah. and and you have to remember your car is primarily front wheel drive, right. so. 99% of the time, all it's doing is the front wheels are working, and on that occasion when it slips, that's when the rear wheels kick in. Yeah. So, if all of a sudden that pump is applying when it's not supposed to, yeah. you know, that there's there's part of your problem. So, yeah, yeah I'd keep looking in that direction. Uh, you know, at this point, just drive it and see what happens. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay? Okay, thank you very all much. Alright, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We need to take another break, and when we come back... There's there's Sully sitting over there. I think he's working on his doctorate's degree still on his phone, writing away on his phone. It's amazing. Technology today. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL or WROLradio.com. We'll be right back. W-R-O-L Boston. It's hot, and you think, whew, I'm turning the air conditioner down. Then you think, yeah, how much is that going to cost? The internal struggle begins. You tell yourself, I deserve to be cool. 
Gucci reply. We've got a car payment to make. Oh, yeah. It's a nice one, too. You pull yourself away from the thermostat. Oh, hey, not the, not the hair. Oh, oh, come on, really? The hair? But now you can end the fight. Mitsubishi electric cooling and heating systems are dramatically more efficient with no duct work and individual room control. So you enjoy precise comfort while cutting energy costs. Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Live better. I'm Mike Francione, owner of Coastal Heating and Air Conditioning in Quincy. We at Coastal have you covered for all your heating, AC, and refrigeration needs. From your home to business to even your boat. Call Coastal today at 617-770-0636 or visit us on the web at CoastalAHR.com. Sometimes I wonder what I'm going to do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime. Hey, what's going on there? It's Kurt again, your interstate battery guy, with some thoughts about how to avoid any summertime battery blues. You should charge your batteries before you use them, whether it's for your boat, your motorcycle, your jet skis, that Power Wheels car in the corner, or your cordless yard equipment. You know, after the long winter, you need to charge them up before you use them. At the Interstate All Battery Center in Woburn, we have just the charger you need and a complete line of batteries for those that have just had it. Interstate All Batteries Center is also your storm prep center. We have a great line of flashlights, equipment, and alkaline or rechargeable batteries to get you through any power outage. So remember, we're here to help keep the fun, fun, fun in your some, some summertime. For more information, check us out at interstatebatteries.com in Woburn or stop by our store at 30 Nashville Street. For summer fun, always count on outrageously dependable Interstate Batteries. Now, let's get back to the car doctor, John Paul. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program at AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, where we're discussing Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, if you have Twitter, and you want to follow me on Twitter, it's John F. Paul, at John F. Paul, I guess is the right terminology. And if you want to friend me on Facebook, it's Mr. John F. Paul, because John F. Paul was taken. And so Mr. John F. Paul on Facebook, and um, I don't... Should have been like the real John. F. I know. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I the real. this work is upset because someone has AAA Car Doctor on Facebook already. Really? Yeah. Do you know who it is? Yeah, it's me. They just uh, gave <laughs> 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 you just yeah. gave yourself up. Yeah, I know. And someone has AAA Car Doctor on Twitter, and it's somebody who's never tweeted, has no followers, and doesn't follow anyone. And apparently, they're from South America. But is that is that like back in in the day when the internet was starting, which you and I remember? Um, people would just get website names and then try to sell them. To, yeah, to and people. that's probably what this okay. person might be doing. I, but you always I'm, said too, there there's more than one car doctor. Yeah, there is. There's, right. Yeah, there's a friend of mine, Jim McPherson, down in Connecticut. There's Ron Ananian, who I don't know in in New Jersey. Uh, they both do radio programs. 
I always thought that one day I should try to have them all together. Yeah. Sort of your Paul Sullivan yeah, story. I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, what? I got to talk to Paul Sullivan this week. How's he doing? He seems to be doing fine. Him Excellent. and him, him and I and Seamus all talked together. Okay. And That's uh, grammatically awkward. but I know it is, yeah. Seamus, Paul, and me? No. Seamus. It's a subject, so it's I. Uh, see? Here's Class, my, the benefits of a classical education. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking with our new e-learning specialist at work, uh-huh. and she was looking at some things and saying, and she said, you know, on this, whatever it was that I was doing, she said, you're using too many pronouns, you should use more gerunds. Yeah, the and, windows. And I went, okay. There you go. Yep. You know what's really interesting? You and I, when we grew up, we'd start with, you know, the punctuation. If we're going to say, we'd say, well, you know what the kids do instead of that? They don't do well anymore. You know what they do? So. So. Um, so. Yeah. Hmm. So is taken. So is the new well. Really? Well. Yeah. So. 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 You ask a question. I, I'm interviewing people for positions, right? And almost all, then they're all Marita's age, of course. Hmm. Or maybe just a little older. And they all... Uh, so what do you? Well, I just did it. Um, <laughs> what do you? What do you bring to the job? So I did this, 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 this. Okay. Um, you know why do you want the job? So um, yeah, it's a new well. Does anybody ever say because you only have to work 182 days a year? No, but you can tell they're thinking it. <laughs> well, actually, that's funny. It's funny you say that because we. I, I, well, it's already overtime. Yeah. Um, there was a person that came in and uh, eminently qualified for what we wanted her to do. And uh, she's got a young child, and she said, you know, I probably could do better in this setting, but I do like the fact that we can be home earlier during this. So that is a different way of saying that, but mm-hmm. that's saying that. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And it was totally honest. It yep. was great. Yeah, uh, honesty, best policy sometimes. Hey, that music, which sounds a little like Route 66, I guess. Uh is Route 66 and Interstate 66 the same? Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. I'll be on it this afternoon then. Will you? Yeah. We're flying out oh. to D.C. Oh, okay. And Interstate 66 goes right out of D.C. into Virginia. Well, I guess it, it goes from east to west somewhere. I don't know. Oh. I'm going to pretend. I'll be thinking about you. I'll be yeah. humming the song. There you go. Okay. Hey, we got to go. The very best in Irish music coming up now with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. Stay tuned. My name is John Paul. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Bye-bye.